previously at the Macarius Avenue. Galatians chapter 5. Am I being a blessing to you? When you go to church, church is not a joko. It's not Rotrat Club. It's not a club. It's not a Prescobar's Union. Galatians chapter 5. Are you there? Verse 22. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is. It didn't say the fruit of the Spirit. Ah, the fruit of the Spirit is one fruit. Like you take the mango fruit. We have the meso cap. We have the endo cap. We have all the caps. But it is one fruit. Hallelujah. So he said the fruit is one of the Spirit. Is love. Because wherever there is love, there is joy. And wherever love is Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. All these just come as the fruit of the Spirit. The guy with a pure heart has all these things working. God has deposited it in our heart. We have to learn to love. Loving is hard, but we have to learn to have love. Somebody say, eh, you have to love the brethren. Ask the person who is talking about love. Do you also love the brethren? Do you also love? You know, people can talk about love. Somebody go to a church and say, there is no love in that church. And you ask the person, if you were the only one with love, and you came to a place where there is no love, believe me, that love has, your only love has a power to conquer all their hatred. But because you are also not of love, you accuse the people that they don't love. And he said, joy, joy is a fruit of the spirit. Anytime people are offended, they cannot be happy. They cannot be happy. They offended. This person did it. So it's happy. I say, check the level of excitement in your marriage. Check it among the brethren. Check anywhere there is no excitement, something is wrong. There is no joy in the marriage, something is wrong. There is no what? No, no I'm talking about joy because it's the joy that brings peace. It brings shalom. Peace is not quietness. You know how you and your wife or husband or people can be in the church and they can be faking the peace. The peace are, I don't talk to you. You don't talk to me. So as long as we are not talking, will there be fight? That is a fake peace. Real peace is when there is fight and we still settle it. And we can still go back on the marriage altar and make intercessions with groanings which cannot be uttered. If you got it, you got it. Clap your hands for God. Are you sure you are here? That is what. So people can fake it. Coldness is a sign that your spirit is impure. Because it's, it's a sign. I, I can, that's why I don't like very quiet people. They are very dangerous. When they are planning things in their head, you have no idea. They can be laughing with you, but there is something they are devising in their mind. And they can be quiet. They can laugh. I fear them. He said, joy. So there must be continuous joy. When you come to church, we are saying, shout. You, you, wait. The way you shout, will show that you are happy with the church. Now shout at me and let me see. Glory. Shout glory. glory. That is how it is. Then the joy goes to peace. Then he said, long suffering. The ability to suffer long. Any love that cannot endure is not real love. Love endure it. Hallelujah. That is why if you are in an erroneous love, be careful how you cement it. Before you start enduring some foolish things. Because true love will endure. So don't give your love in an erroneous love or eros love quickly. That is not agape. Agape love endures. 
Then he said, gentleness. Gentleness is the ability to be teachable. That is not wearing suit and tie. See, this person is a very gentle man. This is a spiritual word. Said Jesus had a gentle spirit. It means that he was teachable. The ability to be teachable. When you come to church and you are wrong and we are teaching, would you say they, 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 they preach against you? You have a, So the opposite of gentleness is stubbornness. And the Bible says every stubborn person has a spirit like the spirit of witchcraft. They, because you don't want to learn. We are teaching the truth, but you are fighting the truth. But a gentle spirit is a pure heart. Oh, well, you said this, but can you explain it better? Now, when people say things to me, I like to be sure that they know what they are talking about. So if somebody say, man of God, you are crazy. I'll say, crazy? Uh, can you... Are you sure about what you're saying? Yes, I'm sure. I know. Then you, you have established the fact. Because I want to be sure that I'm hearing you right. So I'll give you the opportunity to explain yourself. Because sometimes you can say something you don't mean. But when the person insists that I know what I'm talking about, establish truth. It means that really you believe that I'm really crazy. Did you get it? But a gentle spirit is quick to say, no, 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 I was wrong. Can you believe something when you come to church? We teach it and it's not what you believed. And you can feel like, wow, I was so wrong. It means that you are teachable. And when you move with teachable people, you can go very far. Goodness, faith, let's go. Let's go. I can't explain all that. Meekness. Meekness is a spiritual quality, which is different from being humble. Being humble means that God places you in a certain state, but you are able to bring yourself low to fellowship with people who are not at your level. It means that that person is very humble. So we say somebody is a humble, rich man, which is that this man has so much money, but yet he's, he's able to flow with people who are less privileged than him. That's humility. So the Bible talks about Jesus was humble because Jesus left his estate. He was God, but he came down to fellowship with man. The righteous Jesus talked with sinners. When sinners came, didn't push them and say, I'm too righteous, don't touch me. He fellowship with them. That is the quality of humility. That God can lift you and you can still come low. So humility has to deal with you bringing yourself low, no matter how God has lifted you. But meekness is a quality of the spirit. The ability to respond where God says you are. If God says you are his righteousness and we respond, you are meek. Because you cannot put yourself there. God put you there. Is somebody getting it? That quality that God places you and you respond to where God has placed you. Somebody may call you proud. If God says I'm a prophet and I say I'm a prophet, somebody may think I'm proud. But that's meekness. I'm calling myself what God has called me. No matter what men see. Can the amen be louder? That is why he said, Moses was the meekest man. He didn't Moses, did he? Moses got angry many times. But he's using the quality, the man that obeyed God to the full. So that quality got to do with obedience to the things that God has called you to do. And you are so obedient. It means that Moses was one of the most faithful people. That is why God compared Moses' faithfulness to Jesus' faithfulness. What a man. He said, that's the meekest man I've ever seen. I pray that you have that kind of quality. Then temperance. Temperance is the ability to hold on to things. I wish I could say something this morning. Clap your hands, clap your hands, clap your hands. Hey, I don't think I have time. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, I got some future. Temperance is, ah, my time is up. 
Temperance is the ability to manage extremes. To me, mastery is not the ability to master only one side of your life. Mastery is a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. You like jollof, but you can just eat one plate. It's temperance. You won't go to the wedding and say, is it jollof that is served? The way I like jollof. You eat one, you go for another. You eat one, you go for another. You eat one, you go. By the time you have eaten uh, templates, you have no temperance. So the Bible says, he that will seek after mastery must be temperate in all things. The same way in marriage. We know you like sex, but you can be temperate in your sexual life. You say, I have married you and I love it. Morning, afternoon, evening, daytime, everywhere, now and then. Somebody's daughter will be tired. But there is temperance. Temperance means I want it, but I can manage it. I am a hyper, but oh, come on. Are you sure you are here? So the man who is temperate in all things, he's able to master his own personality. There are things that are extreme in his life, but he can get really angry, but he can master it. He's being temperate in his anger. Hallelujah. Temperate in the things that looks extreme. Praise God. And I pray that God will give us this specially, this quality, so that we can be temperate in every area of our lives. Can the amen be louder? You marry a woman who loves shoes. Believe you me, if she's not temperate in shoes, we, every week she's buying a shoe. She likes the shoe. She see, let, let not them show it to her. If they show it to her, she'll buy it. If they show it to her, she'll, that person is not being temperate in that area. So I pray God will make us temperate in every area. He said, against such, there is no law. It means that when a person begins to walk in the fruit of the spirit, it is hard for his soul to be polluted. My soul, my spirit will not be polluted, say it. Because the pollutant of your spirit will determine the state of your character. It becomes part of you. That is why he said, do not be mocked, or God cannot be mocked. He said, a man will try to deceive himself. And there are people who deceived himself. They deceived themselves so much that whatever they have said, 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 it become part of them. One of the things you can do is to say things continually and lie to yourself. Somebody is very proud, but they, they can be telling you, me, I'm a very humble person. And you can see then their character, they are exhibiting pride. And they say, me, I'm a very, very, very humble person. They have said it so much that they can never believe that they are proud. Because that thing they have said has entered their spirit. And their spirit has processed it. And that to become part of them. So in every state they are, they believe that they are very humble. And even if they are walking in pride, they say, no, as for me, I am very, very humble. They have deceived themselves. May you not deceive yourself. Amen. The most dangerous things to deceive yourself about something that you are not. And thinking that you are. That's what comes with all the fake life. They put they see the same as rich, as rich, as rich, as rich, as rich, and really they are not rich. So they try to live it. It's not them. They are forcing it. Their call, their spirit has been what polluted. If somebody knows how to lie, there are anointed liars. They lie so much that it becomes part of their spirit. That pollutant has entered. If not prayer, is and that is where deliverance comes. Deliverance is delivering you from things that has polluted your spirit. Because demons will actuate. So the guy can lie. They, they can lie. You cut them, they immediately, it's like, 
their brain is on autopilot. They can just form a lie immediately. They don't think through. They have become anointed liars. The lie has entered their spirit. May God not let negative things enter our spirit. May every impurity of our spirit be cleansed. So our soul, our spirit can be pure so we can experience God. Now people unable to experience God receive healing, receive breakthrough because of bitterness. A little unforgiveness there can get into bitterness. And bitterness can lead to acrimony. And when you bypass that stage, you can become a witch. And that is where you want to kill the person. Because you didn't allow the thing to let go. Now let me show you. Matthew chapter 18. And I finish. Have I helped somebody? Let me finish. Somebody say, oh, he's teaching for too long. Clap your hands for God. I didn't want to, but I have to. Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. Are we here? Matthew 18, let's all read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go on. Yes. But before then, he had said a whole lot of things before delivering them to that word. Now, come. let's come to verse 7. Or come to verse 15. Let's not read all those things. Come to verse 15. Let me jump in. Come to verse 15. He said, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass. In this whole place, talk about offense. But in verse 15, he said, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his. This is how God has designed that things must be solved in church. God never told us to set a committee to deal with offense. Because I've been in a church where they set up a committee to deal with offense. And the people that listened to the offended people got offended. And the whole committee people got offended. Because offense is a spiritual thing. That is why if somebody is offended, the Bible says an offended person who can bear. When you listen to an offended person for a long time, you end up also get offended. Because the person is spewing something spiritual into you. That will cause you to become bitter about things that he is bitter about. So Jesus said, be careful of what you hear and how you hear. So there are things that if somebody wants to bring it, I will not hear it. I'm too wise to hear that one. Because that thing can destroy my perception about that person. And maybe what the person is saying is totally a lie. Because offended people have a way of twisting the story to suit them because of their pride. Because offended person will never agree that they were wrong. They are always right. They didn't listen to me. They should have listened to me. They should have said this. They should have said Because of their spiritual in- immaturity. They don't understand 
So they even compare things in the church to the workplace. The church is the pillar of truth. Your workplace cannot take you to heaven. You are there to receive money, which is mammon. But in the church, we are watching over your soul. Your, your boss is not praying for you. But I am here praying for you. Wait, wait, wait. Don't clap here. Your boss will not account for you in heaven. I will account for every soul. Now, I am the shepherd over this place. How God shepherds you is that he brings a shepherd to shepherd you. So, Jesus is my shepherd. It's true. If you're in the Macaros Avenue, Jesus is shepherding you through Danidoku. You got to accept this thing. Because Jesus will say, in midnight prayer, he will say, oh, pray for sister so and so. Why would God, why would Jesus not do that prayer? Because he has put me here as a shepherd over that person. So you can't compare your workplace to church. It is a, a spiritual sin that God can deal with you dangerously about that. Because the Bible says, judging spiritual things with spiritual. So sometimes people make very flimsy things and they say, you know, if it was work, it was deep. Because they don't understand what work is and what church is. Your work is your salary. It stays there. Your boss doesn't love you. Your boss is there to make the company grow. That is why when you do something, he will fire you and bring another person. But here, no matter what, we are forbearing. Oh, clap your hands for God. So sometimes people make statements and I, my heart is crushed. I say, God, look at another spiritual baby. Look at babies. They don't understand this thing. I wish I had time to talk some more. Look, if God puts you under a ministry, this is why you cannot be changing church like you are changing your shirt. Let me show you. If God puts you under a ministry like this, and by through that ministry, I have shaped your life, and something happened and you left, there is nothing wrong with it. But you must make sure that you must always give the honor. Because if that part of your life was not shaped, you may not have gotten to where you have gotten to. So it means that you will always have to come back and honor. It means that if you have passed through five pastors, you have five people to honor. Got to understand it. So your former pastor that you are talking against, you are shortcutting your own life. Because if it was something about that pastor that brought you to the level you are, that's why when people come to church, they want to use their mind to judge the church. And they did me, they did it. You realize this is spiritual babyhood. They don't understand because they think they have joined their old student union. Where something happened, they just left the group. The church that has shaped your destiny, especially if maybe you're going to do something that would have led you to death. And the man of God saw it and took you out of death. If you were alive or you were dead, can you be offended? Dead people don't get offended. But because you are alive, that's why I want to show you this spiritual truth. If you are a child and you are living with your parents, no matter what happens in the house, you cannot leave home under offense. My father did this to me. My father did this. I'm leaving home. Why are you leaving home? Because now you have a job. Now you have money. You can rent your own house. Why didn't you leave home when you were five years old? When you, you stole something or you, you, you did something in the house and your mother slapped you. That should have been the time you'd have left home and proved to your mother that you were a man. But because at that time, you don't know where to go. So you stayed at home. The same way, if you are a woman and you are living under the authority of your husband, no matter what happened, you cannot move out from the house. You cannot. Why are you moving from the house? Because now you have a job. Now you can afford your own apartment. They don't like what I'm saying. 
Yeah, no, these are spiritual truths. You can't move out because you are under authority. And God will never back you if you move out from that house. Spiritually, things will come against you. The rain will beat you. The air will be against you. The sun will be against you. You cannot move out from the house. You can only move out from the house if the man says, leave my house. He said it. He said it. He has given you authority to move. And when you move, the first people you have to see consent is your parents. You call your parents and say, parents, daddy, mommy. He said I should move from the house, so I'm moving. And where should I go to? Not my my apartment. I go first to my father's house. Then my father stamps his authority and calls the man. If the man still insists, my father will say, get a place to live. Why? Two authorities there. Then now the pastor comes in. When the pastor comes in, the pastor comes in to solve the spiritual problem that your moving out would have caused. So I come in and I declare as you have moved out because your father has given consent because of so so and so I stand in as a man of God any spiritual wind that will come I overturn and your life is better yeah so you can see young guys immediately they start getting a job their father shout on them and they say no me I can't take this shot you have become proud pride because you have gotten money and when you move out from the house that time believe you me you'll be like the prodigal son you will come back with emptiness. It's the same thing. I told you, the fellowship is everywhere. What happens in the home, as long as we are Christians, what happens in the, in the church is the same thing. Somebody got angry in the church. The church that has shipped him, he won't sit down to solve the problem. He said, moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against you, go and tell him his fault. Hey, brother Dennis, you said this about me. I don't like it. We have settled it. We have destroyed the devil. Now, he said, if brother Dennis does not listen, I don't want to steal you. I don't want to talk to you. This is what you do. The next is a, but if he will not hear you, it means that Baradenis doesn't want peace. But the Bible says, as much as it depends on you, you have to look for peace. So, hey, me time is soon. Me continue on. But if he will not hear thee, then take this one or, or one or two, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every matter shall be established. So now, you have talked to him, he didn't listen. Gather witnesses. The witnesses are a proof that you are trying to solve the offense and he doesn't want to solve it. So God says that if that happens, two or three witnesses, the matter has been established, that Dennis has become proud. He has become unforgiving. He doesn't want the matter to be solved. Let's go. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. Three. He said, go a step further. That still, brother, brother, now that we have talked this, and that, he still doesn't want to. He said, take the church. And when he takes it to the church, but if he neglects to hear the church, what is the church? The church is the ground and the pillar of truth. It is where we bind and it binds. You can't bind in your workplace. It is where when we lose, it loses. Because he said, wherever two are gathered in my name, when we gather here, we are not gathered under MTN. We are not gathered under the auspices of Tigo. We are guarded under the auspices of the Holy Ghost. And that is where the power is. You can't joke with church. Look at it. Let's go. He said, when this, wait, 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 wait. Then to He said, when it happened, neglect him. Let him be unto thee as a hidden. He said, we should wash over that, that brother's hand. Why? Can I explain why? The Bible says, a little living, livingness the whole lamp. One offended brother, that didn't allow the offense to be stopped. If we don't move him out of the church, he will cause many people to be offended. 
by whispering have you heard if i tell you the secrets in the church don't tell me don't tell me you don't you have secrets why do you know secrets in the church are you a secret mania god is the custodian of all secrets what you heard may be false are you sure you are here am i teaching you good yeah, that is it, that is it. So he said, don't listen to that brother. Yesterday, a pastor called me and said, there was one usher that he loved so much that he got offended. And they took the offense for granted. And he began to speak to all other ushers. Next Sunday when he came, all the other ushers decided that don't usher. You are joking with such a thing? What did Lucifer tell the angels? If Lucifer, one offended guy, was able to take one third of angels, not human beings, Angels out of heaven. Do you think that when you hear offense, you will not be offended? So my ear has close to offense. Offense is not allowed. It is not discussed in the body of Christ because it is dangerous. Because God has given us the procedure to solve it. Because when we create a committee, remember all the whole committee, they'll be they'll be gone. That is why when it comes to church issues, it's only an anointed ear that must hear. There are things my pastors cannot hear. I'm the only one ordained to hear that trouble. Because if they hear it, it can cause them trouble. And there are things that they are anointed to hear, the deacons must not hear. If they hear, the deacons can't handle because they, they work with me. And there are things that deacons can hear, but church members shouldn't hear. Because if they hear, somebody's faith will be destroyed. And say, is this what is happening in the church? And maybe it is not anything. Their mind, their ears are not anointed. I don't hear evil. Oh, say it. Say it. Say, I don't hear evil. Clap your hands for God. So, when somebody does that and we treat them like heathen, don't think that we are being wicked. We are following scripture. Because a little living, living at the whole lamb, a, a church can be destroyed by something little like offense. My spirit is pure. Oh, say it. Say, my spirit is pure. I do not allow impurities. Oh, say it, say it, say it. Say, I do not allow impurities. Impurities are far from my spirit. I have a wholesome spirit. I have a wholesome spirit. I don't hear negative news. I listen to only positive things. In the mighty name of Jesus, lift up your right and say, my spirit is pure. My spirit is cleansed. Impurities, leave my spirit. Leave my spirit. Jealousy out of my spirit. Envy out of my spirit. Things that are not of God, that have been registered in my spirit. Clap your hands and pray one minute. Out of my spirit. Out of my spirit. Oh, Father, my spirit is saved. My spirit is saved. My spirit is saved. Oh, da da basha da da da. In the mighty name of Jesus, all forms of said infirmities are in the spirit. The man, the Bible says, a man's spirit shall withhold him in the days of infirmity. You cannot be bitter. Look at somebody. You cannot be bitter. Hey, I know your husband was a very wicked man, but if you get bitter, it will cost you disease just a matter of time you see cancers will begin to grow inside you why you have not let go this morning if there is anybody that has hurt you that is in your heart say father i let go put your hand on your chest say father i let go say demons you cannot cause this thing to become an impurity in my spirit 
in the name of Jesus my spirit is pure pure I'm delivered from every form of bitterness in the name of Jesus can the amen be louder your prayer will be stopped if you and your wife are having issues and it's never solved it can become an impurity you can go to hell just because you desire to marry if you marry a bitter woman you can go to hell but you always cause there to be problem heaven is your portion heaven is your portion let there be peace within our walls as we fellowship with one another father let there be peace let the fruit of the spirit continue to come in joy of the holy ghost joy of the holy ghost let there be joy in every home joy in the church clap your hands and shout glory oh keep clapping and shout glory keep clapping keep clapping